Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, your host, the number one fuck boy, the number one fuck boy, the number one fuck boy. Joining me, as always, in the High and Mighty studios is my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris. He actually just ran out. Still just compulsively have to say that. Also joining me in here is Jesus. I don't need to scream like that. I have a cold and I just got like lightheaded in the middle of that rant. <laughs> is Detective Ross Kimball? It's hard. Did you get that a lot once? Uh, uh once uh, like middle school. Once yeah. people started knowing once what it was Cop about. Came right. out, right? Oh, Detective John Cop, Kimball. Uh, the Fugitive was big too. Oh right, Dr. right. Kimball. Oh, Dr. Yeah. Kimball. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Ross, thank you for. Uh, squeezing yourself into the high and mighty studios oh, guys this is my first guest that's larger than me everyone can see it right yeah everyone can, you, you can, can see hear it? it based on uh, my little girl you, voice you definitely, <laughs> definitely can hear it yeah definitely definitely <laughs> would anybody like a peanut <laughs> <laughs> how tall are you ross you get that a lot six uh, eight six seven and a half six eight with shoes yeah, yeah it depends my, my mom We'll tell you six eight, but I'll tell you six seven. And then right. you know, in Hollywood, I'm six four. So, <laughs> yeah, so I don't want to. So I don't, don't want to seem like, like a freak, freak. right? Yeah. <laughs> See, I say I'm six two, so that three hundred makes sense. <laughs> like six two, three hundred is like a lineman size. Yep. But I'm like really six one and a half, three oh eight. Yeah. I do like walking into rooms, and especially, well, I think you can relate this to being like a bigger guy in Hollywood. You walk into rooms, and people are like, "Oh, wow, yeah. okay." Okay, well, uh, whenever you're ready. My favorite yeah. thing is when like an executive comes out to the waiting room and is like, uh, yeah, come on in. And I stand up and he's like, Jesus. <laughs> Take your like, time. Take your time. Kind of fucking pit stage. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> I get there like 45 minutes early because I'm just dripping. I'm just waiting. They're like, Ross Kimball. Yeah, here we go. Right, give me a minute. That's my shit. That was my shit in New York. I used to ride the subway with a hanger with my dress shirt on it for commercial auditions in yeah. like a wife beater. I would just be yeah. on the F train in a wife beater holding a dress shirt. <laughs> People are like, this guy's a fucking lunatic. I would be, and I wouldn't do, uh, in Chicago, I'm from Chicago, and I'd ride my bike everywhere. Jesus. And, oh, it was awesome. And you can't do it here. No, it's, you can't. I was just imagine how sweaty you would be if you showed up to And so beer. what would happen is, I would work at a school, and so they would let me dip out for auditions. I would take my shirt off, 
have my collared shirt on a like a wire hanger, hook it on my backpack, and with let my it... helmet on, and just let it flap in the breeze like a cape. As I was flying to Chicago to this audition <laughs> for like craft, you know. Yeah, that was always the best part. Is that I would be hustling my ass off on the F train, yep. sweating my ass off, dodging fucking get there, go in the bathroom, wash my face, and pat down my armpits, put my dress shirt on, go in there, and it's like, all right, now take a bite of that piece of white bread and yep. say, I love the Wendy's McChicken, and they're like, you fat fuck, get out of here. It's like what an impeccable. <laughs> Wa- uh, an incredible waste of everybody's time. Oh, what a life, huh? huh? Well, about that, I wish I could go out a little more. <laughs> That's the sad part is you hate commercial auditions, and then when right. you don't have any for like a month, you're like, fuck, dude, I just need a chance here. That's it. I just need a bite into a cracker. I, need- I just need a laugh in the back of a minivan. That's all I need. <laughs> That's all I need. <laughs> that is all I need. Um, so, Ross, before we get into talking about today's topic, which is wilderness, mm-hmm. which is sort of, this is maybe a foray into, I've, I guess I've done an episode about dating and being Asian and stuff like that. So things I don't really know about. Yeah. Wilderness is something I want to be more a part of. So uh, this sure. is an aspirational episode. Sure. I'm glad yeah. I'm here. Glad yeah, I'm you, here. Were, you were on my vision board for 2017. Okay. I see that. <laughs> learn no, about you wilderness. You can pull it off the court board now. <laughs> and if you're going to learn about wilderness, who better than a comedian? There we go. <laughs> um, so as always, guys, if you rate me five stars and roast me in the comments, on iTunes, which I think is now called Apple Podcasts. Oh, Whatever. interesting. I just saw the sign at Earwolf today, so that's all. Um, sorry not to talk about another podcast network while we're on a HeadGum podcast, but I be a slut. Okay. If you rate me five stars and roast me in the comments, I will read it on this episode. Hey, just for the listeners, you do have your computer open. And you are looking at these five stars and you are reading these, yes. just so you know. <laughs> yeah. So you're not they're, like, you didn't write these out and oh, they're no. not on note cards. These are actual things that people have written about you. Right. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> there is no, do not worry if at any point a listener thinks I might be doing too much effort. <laughs> just trust that I am <laughs> no, not no, no. at all. <laughs> I can confirm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it this way. I was a half hour late to a podcast with Ross and it's at my house. <laughs> But I will say you look good. It's from a haircut. Yeah. Everything's lined up good. The I'm man educated you on how to treat your hair. So oh, there you go. You want to know something really yeah. funny? My my barber, uh, I was recently written up in the LA Times. Uh, I recently got an is. article written about me. And the, there's my nearly silent co-host. And uh, he read it and he didn't know. And my barber is also, weirdly enough, my upstairs neighbor. He moved in there after my first haircut. We had no idea. And then I just, I was like, oh, I guess someone rented the upstairs apartment. Then when I finally saw him, I was like, holy shit, you just cut my hair two days ago. And I, we had never met before that. And now he's my upstairs. And now he's my barber permanently. I love it. Yeah, I love it. And then here's the craziest part is that when he read the article about me, he didn't know what I did at all, but he read the article about me and he's like, that makes so much more sense, this podcast shit, because I hear you screaming downstairs. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I know you, you hear me scream, number one fuck boy. Yeah. And you have no idea what the context is. <laughs> In the middle of the day. Yeah, yeah. he's Just like, screaming. I don't know what that guy does for a living. Yeah, and then if I'm doing like a bullshit VO audition, I'm like, right. easy, Lionel. <laughs> you know, like, oh, you did that one too? Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was like, this would be a dream come true. My agent yeah. was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> I haven't sure. heard in a year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're bringing this back? Yeah, yeah, give it a try. Yeah, okay. Yeah, hold on. You, you read for all nine parts. I'm like, that's never a good sign. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're like, fuck it, whatever you want to do. All right, here we go. The first review is entitled Garbage Fire by Brand Muffin 11111 Josh Garbage is a pile of barely warm garbage, and his ideas are just shy of clan ideology. 
Jesus. I wouldn't wish this podcast on my worst enemy. Keep it up. Five out of five stars. We'll stay subscribed. Okay. <laughs> I His ideas are just shy of clan ideology. Not a fan of. <laughs> not no. a fan of hearing that. I am... I, I am freewheeling with my uh, explanations of situations, but I wouldn't call myself just shy of clan idea. I, I say this on the podcast often. Only people that have ever called me racist in my entire life were white people. There you go. <laughs> but then again, I'm not saying the N-word around. Like, no, I'm just kidding. So now you know uh, what week we record this in. <laughs> yeah, I only say it when I'm on real time with my boy Bill Maher. New rules. <laughs> Rolls. That should be that should be your number one rule. Yeah. Hey, hey, Bill Maher, that's cool that you had Killer Mike on a couple of times, but pump the brakes. <laughs> Not cool. I, I I did three seasons of Wild Now, and I never said that word out loud. <laughs> so maybe you can try. Um, this is the title is by far my favorite podcast by Benjamin K N. I, John Gabris, am an unfunny, insecure, impotent weakling who's living in the glory days and will die early like my father, doing more for my family in death than I ever did in life. Holy, Holy shit, dude. What? <laughs> that was a smart move. I bet you this becomes a pattern that people are now going to put it in the first person so I say these awful things about myself. Wow. That hits hard. Um some of these are just... There's no way I'm dying early, by the way. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, not on my side. No, 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 no. I, my, my knees will be fine my uh-uh. whole life, too. <laughs> no, you got enough air circulation in here. <laughs> You're good. I'll get enough fresh air right. screaming into a microphone <laughs> on a daily basis. Um, all right, let's do one last one. A Supersonic Suckfest of You by J.D. Heathen. Fat-bottomed fuckboy... Dome Queer Moil. Oh, interesting. Using gay bris to become queer moil. Uh, reassures his fellow princes of the universe that playing Xbox while blowing orange chicken burrito farts into the couch all day will lead to enough success to pay off the tab at their local dispensary. An orange chicken burrito sounds awesome. I know. It's fucking... I had a, on a, a old episode, my buddy Zach Brooks, who's like a, a food writer. He runs Smorgasburg down in uh, uh, downtown LA, which we should do on one Sunday. It's the fucking bomb. Oh, I it love it. Before, it's too hot, because when it's hot, it sucks. Okay. But it's like a fucking just food trucks all in this one big area with a be- little beer garden in the middle. Yeah. And since we got the hookup, we can sit in that beer garden. Ooh, yeah, we got I a whole love it, system. I love it, love yeah. it, love it. <laughs> but uh, he brought on from the... Uh, Panda Express Test Kitchen, he brought on a burrito with orange chicken in it. It's like a scallion burrito, like a scallion pancake burrito. It was like one of the right. best bites I've ever had. What, uh, what kind of tortilla? It was like a regular tortilla? Uh, scal- or was like scallion, scallion I'm pancake. sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then there, there was like some fried rice and lo mein in it too. It was fucking bomb. <laughs> my, uh, my buddy, not to, I mean, I'll, I'll plug it anyway, but um, my buddy David Choi in St. Louis <clears throat> and Chicago, he has a food truck and a restaurant called Soul Taco, and oh, it's yeah? Korean barbecue taco. Oh, I love it. And they do like kimchi burritos and. Uh, and uh, then we have Koji and, out here, yeah, Koji yeah. truck out here, and that that is Seoul out here too, though, because I feel like no, I've seen it. No, yeah. because it's. Uh, and I'm sure in Koreatown they have probably something Seoul. There's in the plenty name. of but Seoul. I, I told him I was like, Dave, you got to come out here. He goes, it's it, it's already there. Yeah, like that's why I'm in St. Louis and Chicago. <laughs> right. That's why I'm like Kansas City, like th- those places need it. Yes, right. Know? Because that's like like I was joking, like I was home on Long for 
like on Long Island recently and my brother, we were ordering Thai food. My, my wife was like, let's order Thai food. And my mom is like, what kind of food is Thai food? And my aunt's like, I've never had Thai food. And my brother's like, I've never had Thai food. I'm like, what? <laughs> I remember when I moved to the city in like 2004, 2005, and I had never had Thai food before, but my roommates were like, you got you got to get pad Thai or pad CU. And I was like, holy shit. And then 13 years later, my family who lives a half hour from the city still hasn't had it. <laughs> yeah. What was it like three New Year's ago? My, my family, we were just bumming around and they're like oh what, what do you want to do for food i was like oh you guys want chinese food we can do that it's cheap and, the, and my dad is like oh let's do it my mom was like i don't know i don't know i'm not into spicy food i'm like no no we can get it i'll get you i'll get you like the plainest the best stuff so we got like fried rice uh you know all this stuff and then i got like a bunch of crab rangoon because i know that's and then my mom jam. my mom that is my jam always dude. brings that up and she goes Oh, we can get Chinese food, and in her mind, that's crab rangoon, cream that's cheese all and is. crab yep. deep fried. <laughs> it's deep fried. That is with my cream favorite. Crab, I think yeah. crab rangoons is one of my favorite foods. Period. Oh yeah, I get. I, when we order Chinese food here, it's an it's only like it has to be a once a month thing because what I want to do to myself, like I have no control. No, nope. I'm like General Tso's pork fried rice dumplings, yep. crab rangoons, and yep. I'm just I order it six. I eat half of it, and then at like. 30 I'll eat. I don't even put it away. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it stays out. out. <laughs> yeah. it stays out. I want to keep I a room temperature. Forward again and just jam it down. <laughs> Got to keep a room temp. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get too hot. No, no, no. It is disgusting, and my wife always calls me out for this. But I like my food kind of cold because then you could get it down faster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's no pizza. Stuff. If it's too hot, I'm not going to touch it. Yeah, I and love that's it. I'm a weirdo with about that stuff. But otherwise, <laughs> oh, I'm just going to do. Yeah, for me, pizza has to be room temperature or cooler and out of a garbage can. Yep. <laughs> That's yep. the only way. And I'll I can't have. be wearing pants. <laughs> no, yeah, God no. <laughs> I, I forgot who I was talking to the other day. I said to someone, "I'm like, yeah, that's like the first slice of pizza. It doesn't even count. You just get it in your system, and then you don't yep. even count it towards your yep. slice total." And they were like, "What?" Yeah. And even if like you ruin your mouth, you <laughs> yeah, burn it. <laughs> you're still like, oh, I gotta put three more slices in just to make this right. It's gotta make this right. <laughs> the first slice doesn't even go. When someone's like, "How many slices do you have?" I'm like, three or four, and that's really five. Absolutely. <laughs> like you don't count the bookends (laughs) there is an age where you stop like you talk about how much you eat up until a certain age then at a certain age you have to lie and and undercut absolutely like i'm always worried that my wife is going to look at like my postmates receipts and just see what i'm ordering when she's out of town it's like that's how much we get when it's both of us i was like yeah well when i'm unchecked (laughs) unchecked my wife just walked by and it was like I could t- see it in her eyes and she's like I got to call his doctor. Yeah, she just jumped on that Postmates account. You <laughs> yeah, got to check. Well, what's going on here? 12 quesadillas. <laughs> we have a party. <laughs> More or less. Um all right, so let's let's talk wilderness. All right. We were pitching back ideas uh, about what to do on this and then you uh-huh. brought up wilderness and that's something I'm into getting more into since I've moved out of New York City and into California. Yeah. But it's something I'm still like a little noob at. Sure. So, and what what made you want to talk about it? So, um, well, I I was a wilderness guide before, oh. and like while I was doing comedy, and like I was like backcountry. We'd go like ten to twenty one days backcountry. Like we wouldn't see people. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. So not not a lot of In, people out of Chicago. Out of Chicago, like Wyoming, Montana, Utah, Colorado. And you would just take people on like ten day journeys, or three, yeah, three, yeah. So it was basically like high school kids. So so I'll back up a little bit. Like um, right out of college, I got a teaching degree, started teaching, and then I got a, a job at this private school, and it was teaching sixth grade. And in the summertime, you have your summertime is free. And at this time, I was doing shows at night at yeah. I O in Chicago and kind of doing my own thing. But summertimes, I didn't know what I wanted to do, and 
as you know, like this lofty goal, like, oh, I want to, I just want to create for the rest of my life. But yeah. at the same time, you're like, well, I want to gain life experience. You right, know? Like, right. And also, I need to work this. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I need to put some money in my bank account. So 2010, second year at the school, maybe first year, one of my students comes up to me and says, you should work with my parents. And I go, okay, cool. I'm thinking, oh, in the city is like, you know, filing papers at a law firm or whatever, because, yeah. you know, it's a private school. And I was like, "Oh, what's it about?" It's called. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to give the name of it. That's fair. But because uh, <laughs> I'll be telling stories. But uh, <laughs> and so uh, so I found out that they're like, "Oh, we take high school kids. We change their life." That's what this twelve-year-old girl said. "Oh, we change lives." And I go, "Okay, like let's relax." And then I realized I signed up for it, and they're like, "Yeah, we want to hire you." And it was uh, wilderness backcountry. We take kids camping. We take kids, you know, repelling. And Did you have like an outdoorsy type background before the that? The closest thing I ever got was like a three and a half day road trip with my friends, where the rule was we can only bring one pair of underwear. And the first <laughs> night, I just ruined them. And so that was my only. And like growing up, like the closest thing we got was like an overnight at a camp, like a mile away from right. our house. Yeah. You know, where are you from? Uh, Illinois, Chicago. like oh, so Naperville. Yeah. Oh, okay, uh, cool. So like the suburbs, like 30 miles out. Oh, all right. And so that was like the close. I mean, and I think two wilderness, whatever, whatever you want to call it, camping or like being outdoorsy, you don't do that unless you are around people or like you grew up doing it. Right. Like exactly. karate is the same thing. Yeah. Unless like you have, you like was, that was a part of you or like you knew somebody, you just weren't going to be. Into right. It. You, you would never like go. I think for our age, karate, like for your mid thirties uh, people, that's karate is like. What everyone was doing. Are you kidding? Mid eighties. That's yeah. what everyone was doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. BMXing. <laughs> yeah. Skateboarding. My GT. With like, yeah. I would ride my GT Dino right. with pegs on the front and Absolutely. back. Absolutely. Yeah. I was like the fat kid who uh, skateboarded and never did a trick. Mm -hmm. Just like carried it to McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think swimming was big too in the eighties for some reason. I didn't get yeah. into it, but yeah, I, I was know. on a. I, I yeah. ended up being on a swim team when I and yeah. uh, in high school, but I was like big into swimming when yeah. I was younger. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Yeah. So like my, that's so fun and. You're just do this one summer and it's like you're going on a oh. 10 day trip and you've, but you've never like, how do you like, what's the training like? Oh, so the training, I actually brought some manuals. Oh, so that's awesome. Training, Bust you, had, them out. you had to get uh certified in wilderness first aid or a wilderness first responder. Holy so shit. So pretty much being like a Dr. Quinn medicine woman. Oh, cool. So like it was like uh, nine days of, of uh, first aid, like, like where you're out in the back country and like, let's say, um, you know, a tree branch falls, goes through someone's leg. Like, what do you do? How do you get them out? Or like someone, uh, someone has a seizure or, you know, heaven forbid someone is pregnant. And oh, it's like, shit. oh, well, the baby's coming now. Like, well, you shouldn't be like, you uh, shouldn't maybe, be eight maybe miles maybe in the eight back country. Maybe we should do a 21 day back country. But you, hike. you hear all these stories. I mean, the, the first day, all it was was just horrible stories. Yeah. They're like, well, we had to, I had to hold my buddy's eye while it was still attached. And we walked three miles out. Oh. It took us two days to get three miles out. Oh, because he was holding an eye. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like the nerve endings and all that stuff. Oh. So anyway, anyway, backing up. Wash your hands. I get, <laughs> I get Before <laughs> and after. I get hired. 2010, uh, they put me on the easiest trip because they knew like I could work with kids. And and like they were excited to have you because you had a teaching background. Teaching were, background. Like, been and around I'm, that age group. Yeah. And so I, I knew how to deal with like junior high, high school. Uh, and I, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And they're like, okay, you're going to go to Hawaii. I go. <laughs> Okay, great. What are we doing in like, Hawaii? Like, well, you're going to be living on the beach and like in this community for like two and a half months and like building, building houses, farming, like cleaning out uh, like these farms up in the hills. And uh, actually like the third day, the third day we had like 12, 13 and we had a 15 year old on our trip. 
and he was a guy and he like smoked pot all the time he talked about it like loud like <laughs> yeah. a 15 year old would like yeah. to impress everybody and you're like all right bud chill let's out. get high before right. we go to the farm it's like all right we know <laughs> oh man this looks like a joint yeah it's an acorn put it down like everything like he's trying to press everyone we're like all right relax so the third day in we're like we're bringing brush out of like this bamboo forest and we we pull up we take a right on this trail and it opens up and john i'm not even kidding you it was like three acres of marijuana plants <laughs> so these guys like this this community was you know building and you know doing great stuff but also their side business and they said it was like oh teenagers build that stuff but i'm like these rows are pretty three acres. <laughs> i don't think teenagers are making rows yeah, like I, I don't think kids Iowa are cornfields riding yeah. a razor scooter into the fucking hawaiian <laughs> right. badlands yeah um so anyway that was kind of my taste of like two camping. and a half months of just living on a beach in hawaii yeah camping and like uh and so it's like you and four kids or like two me me, two co-leaders so me and like uh two two women that are my age and then 14 kids and so it would be it'd be like two and a half weeks and then like we'd have like three days off just hawaii it was cool and those kids would like bounce and then more kids would come in in. so it was it was like i had to grow up quick and even though i was like in my mid-20s i had to like grow up quick like logistics picking up kids like right it's um, like a crazy responsibility once children are absolutely involved, yeah. you know like what happens uh you know if if uh two two 14 year olds walk into during laundry day where we had to like do laundry off-site they walk into you know a supermarket and steal two handles of vodka which yeah. happened <laughs> what happens what do you do right. the police get involved the police yeah. tell you just so you know you're banned from coming back here until you're 18 which they can't do that, but they say that to scare you. Yeah, you know, but it, it's it's all that stuff. Because so that was kind of the first taste of getting the camping and like, you know, like if you're into anything, getting being like a gearhead, yeah, like finding like the smallest, sharpest, lightest knife, right, you know, right, like, yeah, like that kind of stuff. So that was the taste of it. And then the following summer, um, I did a month in uh, Montana and Wyoming. That's and so, so cool. yeah, it was great. And that was like that was 18 days in the backcountry. So that was like you packing all your food. You know, you're like, yeah, like, you're doing uh, just it. people have it all in their backpacks? Yeah. So what we would do is we'd have, you have a Costco card. And so I'm jumping around here. That's but anyway. Uh, no, no one's even <laughs> listening. <laughs> oh, this isn't going this up. Are, this is usually when I turn it off anyway. So so we'd, uh, you know, of course you take, uh, and this was a high school trip. So it was like 14. Maybe we had a younger eighth grade going to ninth grade. So it was like 13 to 18. Yeah. And like we had 15 kids. This was a Wyoming, Montana trip. So you, we flew into, we found a Costco and then we just, we divvied it up. Like this is what we're doing. These are all the meals. So like the meal preps. So the first day, this is what we're doing for breakfast. Uh, Nancy, Tyler, and Kyle, you guys are on breakfast crew. Like you're on, you're on cook group one. You guys are in charge of day one breakfast, day three lunch, da da da. And so you guys make up the meal. You guys bring it back to us, the menu. Okay, this is what you need to get. So it's a lot of them growing up, all that kind of stuff. And then they just spread out. And then it's just us kind of just, just seeing. And, and we tell them if you guys forget something or if you buy too little of something, like we're going to be out there and we're just going to have to deal with it. One of the days, one of the days we I couldn't even lunch. imagine like carrying that much food. Yeah, well, we spread it out. I'm yeah, like, yeah, so yeah. like you know, I'll be. I, I would have. I could. I could carry the most. Um, and our co-leaders could carry the most. So we'd have all like the cooking stuff and yeah. pasta is really heavy. So we'd like put the pasta in there. And all that. Pasta is also easy to cook. Oh, right? oh, it's, yeah. we'd have. I mean, by the end of it, day nine, you're like, okay, pasta. You're just eating for fuel. At yeah. That, at that time, you know, you're like. 
I remember when I was in high school after after volleyball practice, my buddy and I we just like housed three Big Macs, and it wasn't even food. It yeah. was just like we just need something so we can go to sleep. Yeah, that was like two and uh, on two a days in uh, high school football. We yeah. would go to my favorite uh, deli on Jerusalem Avenue. My hero comes up maybe every other episode of this podcast, but. <laughs> Me and my buddies, uh, BJ Carp, who I played with, uh, we would go get – normally you just eat one giant sandwich from there and it was enough. But after two a days, we can get three between the two of us and it would yeah. be like one and a half huge fucking Italian heroes and be like, Jeez. now I can go home and go in my friend's pool. <laughs> like, right. you know, you're like so full and so tired. <laughs> I, I miss that. I, I mean – I miss working I miss... Uh, working hard enough that you could overeat. Yes. And now you're not I e- just overeat. <laughs> And you're not even thinking like, ah, oh, you're a flat, fat slob. You're like, well, I need it. Yeah. Right. I need it. I lost about nine pounds of water weight, yeah. so I need this. Uh, so anyway, that was, um, yeah, going back, we would, uh, you know, buy buy the food for like the upcoming weeks. And um, it just, you know, learning how to sleep outside, learning how to, you know. And how, like, was that so fast? Did you have to learn that shit so fast? Like, how to set up a... It would take me, like, an hour to set up a tent. Yeah, well, thankfully, we live in an age where, uh, you know, gear is getting faster and lighter and easier and stuff like that. Um, There's no, like, hard poles or anything like that. There's one where it's, like, you just open it up and just spiders out, and then you just attach the actual vinyl tent to it, and you're set. But, yeah, I did. And, and, you know, of course, you know, I think uh, you and I can relate to, like, just faking it until you make it, or, like, you just keep talking, or, like, you take a break for a second, and you're like, oh, what is it? And then someone else does it, and you're like, oh, okay, all right, very good. You, You like, watch out of the corner of your eye. That's how you do that. That's me anytime I book something and I'm on set, and I'm afraid (laughs) to ask someone how anything works. I'll be, like, sitting outside. They're like, why don't you turn the air conditioning on in your trailer? I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, 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 of course, of course. Yeah, if you want to do it, go right ahead. And I'll be like, I have no idea what's happening. I'm always... I'm always like, so both these cameras are going to be on, or how's this? <laughs> Which one you want me talking so to? How, Talk so to the person. <laughs> Talk to the, your scene partner. Got it, got it, got it. Cool, cool. Got it, got it. Uh, but yeah, I, a lot of stuff, a lot of the first aid. And stuff. Did you like fall in love with that shit instantly oh, when you were? I like, mean, it was hooked. I was like, what? I was like 26, and, and I was you like, were, yeah, li- yeah living it. on a Hawaiian beach. Yeah, yeah this is at Hawaiian beach, and I was like, oh, this is cool. And then you find out the other trips I go to, they go to Peru. You know, they go to like Norway and they do like the Northern Lights trip. Oh, and like you're shit. doing like these like dog sled rides and things. Uh, these are like trouble teens. These are like wealthy teens. I, it's a, they, I will say this company did a good mix and match of bringing people, um, you know, all, it was all walks of life. Right. And they okay. have a lot of scholarships, which is great. Oh, cool. which I loved. I love having scholarship kids on my trip because they're really excited to be. We had three kids that have never seen the ocean before. Oh, shit. On our trip. And they're on an island. Oh, and I'm like, guess what? We're surrounded by the ocean. And As a like, matter of fact, it's terrifying. Right. <laughs> and they're like, what? Yeah, and these, these kids like from the south side of Chicago or the west side of Chicago and have never been to the lake. And the lake was like two and a half miles away. Not even that sometimes. Right, right. Shit. And they're like, I've never been to the lake. Or like, you know, teaching them, like showing them a boogie board. And like, hey, you can ride this. And they're like, oh, this is a lot easier. I can stay up. And I'm like, yeah, you don't have to swim. <laughs> like, you just lay on this. So, fucking awesome. yeah, it, it was awesome. And then the favorite part of that was we had a few... Um, we had a few students on scholarship for the Wyoming and Montana trip. And that was like their first time climbing their first time seeing like, and, and you know, it's cliche to say this, but they're like, it feels like it's like a, it's like a screensaver. Right. We're like, this is like a screensaver. We're like, we're, we're camping at the base of the Tetons in Wyoming. And they're <laughs> like this, they, they would wake up and we'd be eating breakfast and they'd lean over. They're like, Ross, this is stupid. I'm like, this is very stupid. Are you kidding me? This is stupid. That's this is stu- so awesome. Yeah. yeah, I went to Montana for a job for like a month, and then I was like, oh, big sky. I get it. It's yeah. literally blue 
in every direction. <laughs> it's fucking gorgeous. Yeah. And of course, you know, yeah, because I like to grow up. I grew up in the suburbs too. Even yeah. like where my wife's from in Westchester is a little more like winding roads, and people have forests in their backyard. But right. where I'm from, it's like you have like 20 feet fenced in, and your neighbor's right on the other side of that. So I had no, I was not used to anything like that. Yeah. And then you, even when I went to college, I went to like a college, and it's like I'm like. In hindsight, I should have done something. Beach was my wilderness. Like, that's where we grew up. We went to the beach every day all summer long because it was yeah. just like a way to tire us out. <laughs> right, And right. my dad worked nights, so it worked out perfectly. He would, like, take us to the beach from, like, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., come home, line the three boys up and spray us down with a hose, and then he'd be like, all right, I'm off to work. Your mom will be home in four hours. <laughs> it's like, yes. That's perfect. <laughs> Let's go how, how set far away were you? on fire. How far, <laughs> how far away were you from the beach? Um, It, it was six miles. Oh, okay. It's, it's like just one highway drive. As a matter of fact, I one time did the drive in like six minutes, like from my door to door because we used to just, I was a Jones Beach lifeguard. Yeah. And so we would just be kind of late or kind of hungover and we would just get, right. and state park police, if you had your like little bright orange whistle hanging from the rear view mirror, they would kind of let you speed. Yeah. And it was like an empty highway at that time in the morning. So I would, that's the, when we all got our driver's licenses, you'd go to Ocean Parkway down there. And just see how fast you could drive your car. Because yep. no one's ever down there at night. And then when you're a lifeguard that has like... We're, I was going... My Buick Century had... The speedometer would only go up to 85. And every time <laughs> I drove to work, it was just <laughs> rattling at 85. And I just kept pushing the fucking thing down to the ground. It was so loud. We'd have the windows down. Like the fucking golf uh, oh, yeah. tees to hold the ceiling oh, yeah. together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was in Chicago. Every suburban kid... When they turn 16, they got on Lakeshore Drive, which is just that road right yeah. against Lake Michigan. You get there at like 11, 11.30 at night. You go see Fall Out Boy before they got big at like a bowling alley. And then you just fly up and down Lakeshore Drive. It was awesome. That's so dope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And my first summer lifeguarding, we were actually at a state park working on a lake because um, they give you all the shit gigs early on. And uh, I got into like running in, well, I got into running, period, at that point because we had yeah. to stay in shape. But I also got into running trails. And I was like, this is – it's cooler in the summer to be like literally physically cooler but also like visually more stimulating than running on – even running on the beach or the boardwalk. And it was yeah. like, this is fucking dope. And then like I never really got back around to wilderness type stuff until like travel, until I went to like New Zealand or you know wherever I went and had to go see a few right. shit. Yeah. Right. It's uh... – Oh, what's nice now, you know, I uh, I keep telling my friends, you know, I think Instagram and social media does a great job of showing people, oh, here's the world, you know, and there's right. pros and cons to that being right. like, you know, I want to get the shot and like, look at me type thing, but also it just opens up, you know, now that there's like air travel, it's like, you know, Iceland is super cheap to go to, right. New Zealand and, yeah. you know, get in a camper van and things like that and it just opens it up, you know. Yeah, and like uh, Instagram sort of is inspiring. It can also be sort of like limiting in the way that like oh I want to be a screenwriter I got to watch movies and then you find that you've just replaced actually writing with watching movies for research right and Instagram I think gives me a it like scratches the itch a little too much Mm -hmm. and then I'm like you don't feel the wanderlust as much because you're like look at this cool picture or look at this let's watch planet earth and you're like this is dope and you're like wait we can go to places like not Absolutely. exactly like planet earth well, but I, yeah. well i think too on um, the people that aren't living in california uh, i'm sorry to say this but living in california it's awesome it's huge you are and we're, i'm not joking when i say this you are an hour away from skiing snowboarding you are half an hour from here yeah. or an hour to the ocean right you know if you want to go to the desert if you want to like find a hot spring yeah. that you just found on instagram and you're like 
wait, where, where's this? And you click yeah. on it, you're like, oh, that's three hours away. Yeah. That's easy. Me and my buddy like rented a, uh, uh, he came out to visit, we rented an Airstream in Malibu, and it was like, this is the fucking coolest thing yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, did you talk about that before? I think you so. Found, I yeah. yeah. Up, like off the one? Yeah, right. Yeah. It was fucking dope. It's perfect. Uh, actually, it was a funny story. There was also a TP on mm-hmm. the on the property. This was like two Airstreams and a TP, and me and my buddy were there first and we knew the other properties were rented. So we're sitting there, we're having some beers, smoking a J and we're like, man, who could be possibly staying at these things? And then in walks two female German tourists with like backpacks and like pigtails and they're like 19 or whatever. Yeah. And my friend, like my buddy looks at me and our wives were accusing us of being gay for that whole weekend. Cause it's like, <laughs> Why not just stay at the ha- like my wife was here at home and I'm like uh-huh. me and Justin are gonna go sleep at an airstream. <laughs> oh, this is former guest of the podcast Justin Tyler from the Dead Dads episode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're staying and then these two girls and he's like, these uh, our wives think we're being gay right now. And meanwhile, there's two like hot young coeds walking by, and they go and then they walk to the teepee and he's like, holy shit, they're staying at the teepee and they walk back past us and we're like, oh hi guys and they're like, hey how's it going and they just continue on and Justin goes. We were like, oh, you're staying in the TP? That's cool. And they're like, yeah. And then Justin went after they leave. Justin goes to me, I almost said to them, that's crazy. It doesn't even lock, does it? And he's like, oh. I meant it as just an observation, but I realize if I would have said that sitting next to Gabrus, shirtless with a tall boy in his hands, like, that don't even lock, does it? We're like yeah. fucking the devil's rejects yeah. at that point. It's crazy. It's all wooden canvas. <laughs> yeah. I could probably rip through that. No problem with this big ass fucking knife I carry. Like, Jeez. How's yeah. the sound of there? Is reverb pretty good in there? <laughs> yeah. Could you could you hear your friend scream? <laughs> what? Uh, nothing, nothing. But it was one of those moments where I was like, oh shit, this is like this is expensive glamping but it's close to wilderness and i fucking dug it yeah well and the thing is you know i can go we can talk about this all the time like what is glamping and like does it hurt wilderness my whole thing is like if you're outside enjoying it and and also not being an idiot like cleaning up after yourself and like don't who no one's gonna care if you're there so you don't have to tag a rock or you don't have to like carve your chisel even in a tree like yeah and like do it in cement find some fresh cement right 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 yeah yeah, but anyway. Yeah, um, that's because because my wife does not like she's terrified of spiders, so we'll never really go camping to because like she yeah. literally has like fever dreams about spiders. Yeah. So there's like no chance. But camping on a beach, I can almost get her to do because there's no spiders, mm-hmm. and it's like my uh, my wife, uh, my girlfriend. Well, she was my girlfriend at the time, but like our first like kind of outing because she knew my story and she's like, oh, like. You were out there for like 18 days and like you were in the same shirt and that's like, that sounds gross, but like I kind of want to try it and I kind of yeah. want to be there. I was like, yeah, well, we can like slowly get into it if we want. So we went to like Los Padres, which is like kind of like Sequoia area. Oh, cool. And uh, and so we get there and it's super hot. We made the wrong choice. We should have gone up an elevation instead yeah. of just straight out into the <laughs> desert. And so it's like 98 degrees. We're right by this river that's all dried up because it was like uh, a few summers ago where it was just uh, it was just super dry. Yeah. yeah, we lay it out. We lay out the the tent. We put it up, and I'm getting getting the food ready. And I'm like, oh, there's some trails. I get the map out, and there's like, okay, there's some elevation over here. We can get up here. Da, da. And I just hear, and I look look over, and she has a raid, like a giant one of those like family sized <laughs> raid cancers, just going on the perimeter of the tent. <laughs> And she goes, these ants, I can't deal with these ants. And I look, and they're tiny, 
but she didn't want any bugs. Yeah. Any bugs. And and I understand. I yeah, understand. that's hard. Yeah. And that's cool that she still went. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and we this still like... This is like a long, passive-aggressive thing against my wife. It's cool that she still went. You know, I realize... <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. We're slowly trying to get into... My, my wife is all about, like, getting up in the mountains and, like, crisp air. Yeah, Like, I if I could that. live in a place where if it's uh, a little breezy, um, like, 50 at night or 55 at night and, like, 75 during the day, it'd be great. Yeah. If I could live in a place like on like you was talking about living on a Hawaiian beach, I've never even been to Hawaii. Oh, you that's love That's my dream goal. I want to have a life where I can't find my shoes because I haven't put them on for like three days. Because you don't need them. Because yeah. they're on the back of your Wrangler. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Land Rover D90 <laughs> to be safe. <laughs> to be fair, I've already thought this out. <laughs> you have already thought. I or do a, love it. Or like an 81 Bronco with the fucking top sawed off. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, that would be the goal. Yeah, I see those around LA. You see those all the time. You're right. like, what do you do? What do you do? Because I want that. That has to be a second car. I was going to say it's a second or third car. Right. That's my wife and I's dream is to like eventually when we have a driveway where we can park cars yeah. is to get a third car that is just like for beaches or like that's a, a nice farmer's market. Run. Yeah, farmer's, farmer's market. market ride. Yeah, exactly. that's a farmer's market ride. <laughs> We got to pick up some produce. In case if you were, so we, in case you were wondering if I was an upper middle class white guy living in Los Angeles, <laughs> we'll take our ta- uh, convertible Bronco down right. to the farmers market to pick up yeah. uh, the best hummus you've ever had. <laughs> we'll see in the comments. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. No more of me talking about shaving my neck and/or balls. Today we're going to be talking about shaving your dad's neck and/or balls. Dollar Shave Club, baby. It delivers you an amazing smooth shave. Get high-quality blades and amazing shave butter delivered right to your door for an incredible smooth shave. And with Father's Day right around the corner, what better gift is there to give than a membership to Dollar Shave Club? Impress your father. I'm sure he's some old blue-collar guy who just retired, and you're like, hey, Dad, no more running out for razors. Here you go. And then if he has a beard, tell him how good it is for shaving his neck and balls. The shave butter works fantastic. The blades are awesome, and it's so cheap. So for a limited time, new members get their first month of the Executive Razor with a tube of the Dr. Carver's Shave Butter for only $5 with free shipping. After that, your razor is only a few bucks a month. That's a $15 value for $5. In your first month's box, you get a weighty handle, a full cassette of four charges, cartridges and charges, charge it up, and a tube of shave butter. And you can get this offer now by going to dollarshaveclub.com slash mighty. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash mighty. Get your dad a cool gift. He'll fucking love it. The reason uh, this really kicked off was recently when I went to New Zealand with my wife, we did a couple of, we did like just this uh, island called Wahiki Island where we were just drinking wine. It's like an island of vineyards right off the coast of Auckland and it was beautiful. And then on like the last day, she had a, a friend, a coworker that uh, does like tours. He's like a van guy. So he gets hired a lot for production. So that's how my wife met her. I went, met him. And then this dude was like, um, I'm technically hired for the production for the day if you guys want to use me. And Tiff's like, well, can you show us some cool shit? And this dude is like, just the kind of guy you imagine in New Zealand who's like, oh, yeah, mate, I'm trying not to smoke reefer, but I brought some for you. I heard, right, you know, and right, we're, like, right. we're driving in like a fucking BMW Sprinter, like a minivan, just fucking. He's like, all right, get out here. And this is a black sand beach. And we're like, walk out. And it was like huge fucking coves. And then we hiked up to a waterfall and we went down to another waterfall. And I'm like, I wish I had my trunks with me and shit. And it was sure. fucking. Uh, and I'm not in good enough shape to really do shit like that. But I felt like so inspired by the fresh air and by the fu- and i was like and that's when like 
I came back and I emailed you. I was like, Ross, let's do the wilderness yes. episode. Finally, I'm so fucking. I need recos. I, a friend of mine for their honeymoon hiked Machu Picchu, and uh-huh. it was like they did it in like a way where it's like some. T- some like tour where every night you stop and get to stay in a cabin. Like this tour has it built up where it's like you hike what, however many miles, then you stop at a cabin for the night that has a hot tub and showers and they cook dinner. And I'm like, that's exactly what I want. Like and, both. Of- and that is what I want too. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't mind going out like nine days with nothing and like coming back and like smelling like garbage. But I also don't mind being like, Getting into a place, dropping my bag, and yeah. like a steak and potatoes are there, right? Or exactly. like a frittata, <laughs> right? It's exactly. already made. Yeah. Right? I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, uh, it sounds fucking great. So like that's something I like now. Now as I get older and maybe well, uh, previously had a little bit of money, <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. this is the shit we got to do. This is the shit we got to do. Now my list of like things I want to do, and I think because of Instagram and travel shows and cooking shows like there's so much shit i wanted yeah yeah it's almost you know and and too like entertainment wise there's just so much and you know i i'm so lost in conversations at parties or if i go out hanging with friends talking about shows i'm lost yeah because there's so much and i think going out in like wilderness or travel or whatever you want to call it instagram and it, it does it's like overwhelming yeah. where you're like oh i want to do that or i can see myself doing that yeah like on facebook when you see someone like hey i'm heading to paris any recommendations and there's like 75 comments yeah and like what the fuck dude right yeah. it's um and they're all like check out the eiffel tower <laughs> <laughs> i do i think i think having comedy friends like our facebook and our social medias look a lot different <laughs> yeah. than anyone else yeah. So it's, it's it's always like a gamble of fifty fifty. It's like We're, ragingly political my, and and or uh, very bit heavy, and it's like yes. this doesn't help anybody. One of my friends, he's uh, coming out here from Chicago just to visit, and he goes, uh, "Coming out to here to L.A. Any recommendations?" And then you have like, you know, forty five, fifty comments, and twenty. 30 of them are like, you got to check out the Hollywood sign. You got to check it out. And people like checking in the next day. Hey, you going to that Hollywood sign? It's like, geez. Well, other people wouldn't be able to tolerate it. Yeah. But we live in this world where that's okay. Yeah. Where like you're just immune to like everyone, everything anyone close to me right. says is a retard. Yeah. Like, whoop, I almost used the wrong word there. Uh, not to flip it on you, but have you gone to any national parks? No. Yeah. And a good friend of mine is a big national park head. This guy, Jeff Rubin, also a headgum podcaster and probably the next guest on this podcast. On uh, national parks? He, uh, <laughs> He's yeah, going to be I'm, on I'm going to go to Zion tonight <laughs> yeah. and come back. But he's a big national park guy. Yeah. He's like surprising. Like he's like a big time gamer. And then he's also very into wilderness. And I was like, asked him, I was like, wow, that's an interesting Venn diagram. He goes, you know what the Venn diagram in the middle is? Pot. And I was like, ah, yes. Yeah. He's like, I like to smoke weed under the stars and I like to smoke weed and sit on my computer. <laughs> I tell you it. Yeah. I tell you what, I have a lot of friends that uh, experiment with kind of everything. And they say like being out in the middle of nowhere does it. Yeah. Because it's safe. And then right. it's also... Like beautiful, just expands. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're, not, you're like, oh, I'm not alone. You're not gonna run into like twelve girls on a bachelorette party who are like wearing tiaras and screaming and right. shit. Yeah, the, and you're not gonna drop like eighty seven dollars at a Seven Eleven right, accidentally. Right, right, you know? right. So you're just gonna eat twelve poisonous berries and like a scorpion tea. I'm gonna eat this entire cactus. <laughs> oh, my mouth is really Ooh, bleeding. Yikes! Was I screaming last night? Uh, you want some more water? Oh, I love some. This yeah, is thank cannabinoid you. water. So there's oh. no uh, active psychoactive ingredients in it. Okay, what is yeah. this? Can you explain? Is this a? Uh... It's a. So it's got a little bit of CBD in it. It's pretty much like uh, 
what's like smart water, like ionized water. It's oh, okay. pretty much that with electrolytes. And then CBD is like, um, yeah, it's just like uh, the non-psychoactive ingredient in, in marijuana that actually makes you unhigh. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. You don't have like, uh, you're not a teacher anymore, right? Uh-uh. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> you're not going to, I would be mm. remiss if you failed the oh, drug no, test drug, from two drug sips testing, of water. <laughs> drug testing the teacher's lounge tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. Everyone in here, Bend whip over. them out. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, you're testing Drop if, it. if we're on o- drugs or if we have drugs in our assholes currently. <laughs> Bend over. I had a uh, real pot guru from Bong Appetit on uh, Rye Pritchard came on to High and Mighty and brought these cannabinoid waters and they're like, they're yummy. They're nice. What are they? Uh, you can get on Amazon or is this yeah. a type? Uh, I think website? You, I, I think you can get it on Amazon. Now. Interesting. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I like it. Maybe it's uh, a mental thing, but it, it tastes lighter. Yeah. Is that, is that weird? <laughs> Holy shit, man! <laughs> Tripping <Jeez>. balls. <laughs> <laughs> you, anyone else got trails? Oh shit! What's All right, a- let's talk chemtrails. Um, <laughs> Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. <laughs> um, what a what are what are some for me uh, and for other LA listeners? What are some like local kind of things that you've done since moving out here? Well, let's back it up a little bit because you kind of briefly mentioned this. Living in New York City, it's like f- four half hour trains to get anywhere near uh get get anywhere distant from civilization like you have to like take the train out to westchester and then a different train to Bikit to the hudson valley or something like that right but living in la there's shit closer and it's a car thing so you might have like i have a car i had mm-hmm. i didn't have one for 10 years and it's like all of a sudden more shit's like available yes is there anything local that you were like oh you gotta um i mean I mean, the classic is uh, Griffith Park. Yeah, that can, that can get a little busy though. Right, uh, and there's some side trails you can take. Um, I've done that one a couple. Of if times. you want, if you want something less, you know, less uh, less crowded. Yeah, uh, even like you, you could even go a little further than that. Yeah, too, if you if you have any. Uh, Angeles National Forest. Uh, no, but I did, I think I drove through it. Is that like yeah? North so it's of like us five, or, or like yeah, you take yeah. you take the five and like you kind of winds around uh it was a beautiful drive any one of those trails you just pop off there's a lot of reservoirs uh a lot of old uh train tracks that got pulled up so you can like walk through train train tunnels also also this is uh, my friend just told me about this but there are old uh riding cabins up there so no electricity no running water no anything like that but like if you just want to go up there for the day and just get away there are uh riding cabins that were like built like in the 30s Oh, uh, dope. For like people like, you know, that would just like lug a typewriter up there oh, or shit. like just have, you know, a notebook or anything. But that is, uh, that was just told me like two weeks ago. So oh, that sounds that pretty out. Yeah. Dope. And that's up in the Angeles Force. And also, I mean, listeners, just Google it because all that stuff will show up. Let's record our next episode. Let's yeah. do, you oh, were yeah. talking about doing something in the wilderness. Let's yeah, go yeah. rent one of those I, fucking I, cabins and do an episode. Yeah, I have a, well, I'll tell you this off mic, but I have an idea for, for something. But, uh, <laughs> all, right. all right. So here we go. Uh, He's putting on lipstick. Let's see. <laughs> Drug test. So um, let me think. Uh, Joshua Tree. I haven't done that yet either. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell you what, that's that's a day trip. Or if yeah. you like want like an overnight thing. Yeah. Some of the best sunsets, some of the best sunrise. Yeah. Um, and see. what national parks do you have? You done Zion and Grand I've done Canyon? Zion, Bryce, Grand Canyon. Uh, you know Joshua Tree, uh, Yellowstone, oh. Green Teton National Park, uh, the Indi- Great Indiana Dunes National Park. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. One I don't know. About. Yeah, it's great. Um, 
<laughs> but I will tell you, a lot of state parks, wherever you are, like yeah. if you just look up state parks, if you just want to get away, it's right. great. Uh, we did that walk. in Montana. We found the uh, oh. Glacier State Park or whatever. And oh, yeah. hiked, like hiked on ice like all and the way up. That's yeah. going to be probably one of the best parks everywhere yeah I, you know i it, I, re- I want to go to glacier i went yeah. to Olymp- olympia oh, last awesome. or olympic and that was glacier amazing. is fucking gorgeous and there's like a big ass waterfall like ha- yeah. and then it's like do you have bear spray with you and it's like be sure if you see a bear i'm like wait a minute what <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> wild, wild animals i don't mess around with we had a in montana no we were in yeah we were wyoming we were making breakfast and all of a sudden a few campsites down, we hear, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, everyone, everyone, oh, my And I look over, and there's this giant moose with two calves walking behind. And it's just, just walking through. John, its head was nine feet in the air. Jesus its Christ. Head. So I'm 6'7". His shoulders were, or it, I mean, I, maybe it was a mom or dad, I don't know. Yeah. Shoulders was taller than me. <laughs> And the cat is just walking through, and everyone was really quiet. And of course, I have like a bunch of like 13, 14 year olds. They're like, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my <laughs> God. Gonna kill us all. And I go, shut up, everyone, just shut up. And just threw them in the van. And then I grabbed one of the kids' cameras and was hanging out the van, taking pictures. <laughs> so I have like moose That's pictures. That's awesome. But I don't mess around. No, like, it's terrifying. And especially around here, and you have coyotes and stuff like that. But bears are actually a thing out here. You know, in New York, you probably didn't have to really worry no. about it or like wherever you're listening. Yeah, New York was like, w- watch out for skunks. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's the least. <laughs> and lock your car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. Watch out for gangs. <laughs> uh, but here you have a lot of, you know, especially during the drought, wild animals, they don't yeah. care who you are. Yeah. They're just, and they're like, it can be. That yeah. just happened to, uh, in my wife's hometown. They were putting in like, you know, all the shit you hear about, like the Dakota access p- pipeline and shit, all that awful stuff that's happening. Mm-hmm. Right in Westchester, they had, they put in an oil pipeline and they destroyed like miles uh, you know, like a hundred yards wide, miles of forest to put this pipeline in, and they said that now coyotes and foxes and uh, all the and deers are now like entering closer and closer yeah. to civilization because they're just brown. And it's like, it just feels it makes you feel it makes you feel so futile that you're like fighting. You're like, no, come on, we gotta save the environment. And then over here, they're just like, up. Ah, it's not as uh, people right. aren't paying as much attention over here, so we just right. ram right through this. Well, shit. John, the Lord's gonna take care of it. Oh, so yeah, we yeah. can we can burn whatever the, we want. The God God's <laughs> hand is gonna just reach down and turn down the Earth's thermostat <laughs> and be like, "Don't worry, my children. Uh, we have to take care of it. He's given this to take care of, and we're not taking care of it." Right. That's what's that's, crazy. That's, is that even the religious people? I'm right. Like, if I I grew up Catholic, yeah. I did CCD. I did all that. My mom yeah. made me go to church every Sunday. We are the keepers of all. Like we are yeah. our brothers' keepers, first of all, which sure. is like something that's sure. supposed to be important. <laughs> and then on top of that, we're we're supposed to be thankful for God's gifts of uh of this all six days that He worked on this it's, fucking universe. It's wild. It's yeah. wild. Uh, yeah, because okay. it doesn't even go against like like trying to protect the earth doesn't even go against religion. Okay, no. maybe abortion. Maybe <laughs> get like yeah. Like maybe you can get me that it's like no, this is against my religion. Fine, but like. Protecting the environment is not religious. Like it's not right. fucking secular. It's not secular. That's. I, I mean, that's just innate. That's an eight in everyone. Right. It's right. Like, yeah. oh, I live here. Maybe I shouldn't Destroy. burn this down, or maybe yeah. I shouldn't dump this bleach yeah. into the ocean. Right. Like, or- why can't you just say to someone, "Okay, cool. So, do you want to just turn the thermostat up in your apartment one degree every year while you live there?" Right. It's like, someone would be like, "No." Be right. Like, well, then why don't we do something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I get it. Thank you for putting those terms. Oh, <laughs> got okay, it. Got it. Yeah. You know, it's going it, to, like, 
it's going to take like every GOP person to have a gay kid and or a like uh, hippie crunchy sure. kid to like turn their lives around. Like, yeah. like, that's the only hope we have is that the generation of GOP children who are just going to grow up and be like, oh, I'm trans and I am a, I'm a trans yeah. atheist uh, or they need to go tree on like, hugger. They yeah. need to go on like a Sierra Club or Knowles trip. Right. Like, yeah. They oh, need wow. to go on one of your fucking will go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All this is going to go away. Yeah. yeah. That would be awesome if you took like eight of the fucking oldest crustiest GOP fucking yeah. political leaders and just dragged them into the fucking Dude, I would love to take Jeff Sessions on a camping trip <laughs> oh yeah me too nine days <laughs> I'm not guaranteeing anything I'm just saying we'll go out nine days and we'll see what happens and I'll come back holding his head have you seen I posted it on Instagram but have you seen Comey shaking Sessions' hand? It's so awesome. It's, it's like Gandalf awesome. putting yeah. the necklace on uh, Frodo. It made me. Comey's been making me think of you because Comey's one of those people you don't realize is huge, and then when you yeah. see him, he's like, "Well, he's like six seven or something." He's like six that. eight. Yeah, so he's a giant. Yeah, and you're like, and all I think about when I see him, like you know, in a suit, like amongst people yeah. that, and I'm like, that feels like Ross. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so do you have like, like a newfound love for this yeah. dude? Yeah. Well, absolutely. People are always like, "Well, why was he hiding from Trump? Why was he?" Hiding? Well, because he feels like he's always in the way. Yeah. Like, I know how that feels. I know exactly how that feels. I'm always the guy who's like, like, uh, in the back at a concert or yeah, you yes. even more. <laughs> Absolutely. Or like me, like at a bar, yeah. like I'm not going to belly up to the bar. Right. I'm going to sidestep my way in. Yeah. Cause then, then I know like, you and know, I could, you could be like nine feet away from the bar and still grab your beer. Absolutely. You can pour your own right. beer. From- yeah. <laughs> People, I'm just standing there and the bartender's like, what do you want? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm full. I got you it. good? You good? And like, do you want something from like- the bottom shelf? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I feel the same way about my girth is that I'm like fucking like I'm like, excuse me, like or me and my wife are walking through like a crowded place and yep. my wife like sneaks through and I'm like, I have like I've got like 11 one liners and I'm like, oh, not going to I'm not going to fit here. I do like a fake suck in and I like I have all these bits that I do to protect myself and to let people know, like, I need way more room than yep. this. <laughs> yeah, I think when I'm sneaking through people, one of my lines is uh, you'll you will be touching me. You will be touching me. You will be touching me. <laughs> Added to the yeah. repertoire. Yeah. yeah. Mine's like I'm going to I always say I'm like, I'm going to need a little more room than that. <laughs> Right, because at my size, I feel like I'm always in the way. Like if you're like riding yeah. public transit and people oh. are like, "Excuse me," you're like, "I'm sorry, I'm so yeah. sorry." And then I think it factors into I have like a bit of claustrophobia, and I think I mm-hmm. got it from that, from sure. just being on planes too. I feel it. I like, can only imagine. Not, yeah. I I hate flying, and I can only imagine how it feels for you. It's uh, and then people they always like the jabs. I don't know what I don't know. Maybe it's like being like a smiley bigger guy like yeah. you yourself. Like people are always like. Oh, he's in, he's in a good mood. Hey, maybe I'll give him a jab. Yeah, hey, so I'm, I'm like slammed into the seat, and they're like, "Yeah, you should have got a business class." I'm like, "It's forty bucks extra. I don't have forty bucks extra I'll to pay." Like, what do you want? Here, what do you want yeah. me to do? Oh, I have. Oh, is that true? Sure. There's like extra legroom seats. Thank you. Should have yeah. got first class. Well, I didn't create an app, so I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I can't and get like first class. you can you can sit you can uh, sit in the exit row, but then your feet are in first class. Right. <laughs> The guy's like, excuse me, sir. Like, pick up your leg to go to the bathroom. Uh, uh, that must have been fucking awesome, by the way. A group of like 13-year-old kids following like a legit freak through the mountains. <laughs> this way, children. It was. It was good. It's like you're like Tom Bombadil from the <laughs> from the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was great. It was uh whenever we'd go into town, it would just be uh me and my co-leaders and just a bunch of like middle school high school kids and it was just like they always thought we were like a weird like uh, a, a commune like, family yeah like yeah. A, a traveling minstrel yeah. show or whatever hey, what's the show yeah. <laughs> when's the music you guys show? are like the partridge family <laughs> right. but crazier yeah. <laughs> uh that's fucking great um let's uh 
what are what are some highlights or uh, or like the or terrifying moments you've had in um uh, we had one kid he was like 15 he was like 65 super thin youngest of his family and uh we were in wyoming and it was gonna be a long day we had to wake up at five in the morning and then it was like on paper it's four miles but it's like yeah. hard miles because you're going up and then right. you have to go down and then it would open up to this meadow and uh wake up and during breakfast he leans over to me he's the only guy in the trip too it's so we kind of had like a repertoire going you're giant guys yeah we're just <laughs> two big dudes and he goes hey ross um and he had like a deep voice too and he goes uh hey ross just so you know i uh i don't feel right about it i go what's up he goes i just don't feel right about the trip you know i um i have a feeling you know i'm like i'm good at these things i know something's gonna, gonna happen oh and i'm like what do you do like do this and <laughs> Don't do this. Please. Please. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? Is it weather? Like what he goes, no, no. He goes, I'm just not feeling right. I go, okay. All right. Well, let's uh let's clean up camp and let's uh get going. And so we start walking and we're like a hundred meters in. He turns back, and he's like, Ross can't do it. And he just sits down. And it's me. Uh at this time, it was just me and my other co leader. So it's just two adults and eight or nine students. And he just sits down. He's like, I can't do it. Oh and there's a rule like, it's just like a wilderness or like outdoor rules. Like, just don't do anything alone, especially if you're like adults. Like, right. you know, and, and this day and age, you want you want more adults than, or like you want another adult in there if there's a kid or whatever. Right. So you couldn't do anything alone. So right. I couldn't say to my leader, like, hey, I'll stay here with so-and-so. You take him over the hill. Right, we'll right. meet. Like, can't do that. So we sit there and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting with him and it's you're trying to, you're talking to a kid, but you're like, listen, you can do it. Believe me, I've done hard things before. And I got to tell you, when you're done with it, it feels awesome. And he's just sitting down. He's like, nope, nice try. It's not going to work. Like he's, like, he's heard it all. Yeah. He's heard it all. And I'm like, listen, you need to do this. Your parents want you to do this. Like, you're like, I know you can do this. He goes, nope, I know what you're trying to do and it's not going to work. Like, just looking down. At this point, it's 90 degrees, no shade. He has his fleece on with a raincoat over it, with his hood up. So he's dripping. So it's like a lot of homesickness. There's a lot of things, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's his first time away, so it wasn't. He didn't go on the easy trip. He should have sent him to Hawaii. Right, right, they right, one day yeah. took him on like they the Tetons trip. Up a little yeah. Bit, yeah. <laughs> and so we go up. We go up. He stands up and he goes, "Okay, I'll do it." And I go, "Okay, well, I'm gonna be with with you the whole time. So I'll be behind you. If you want to take a break, let me know." We go up three miles. We're at the top of this peak. He turns around. And he's like, "I want to go home." And I go, "No, bud. Like we're going down. We got three more days. You're good." Like, we're here. Like, we, I can't do it. The he hard goes, part's over. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I want to go home. I'm going home. And he just starts crying. And so and then you start, you know, as like a, a wilderness leader, you start you start going through. You have like questions. You're like, how much water did you drink today? Didn't drink any. Um, how much? What did you pee? Did you pee today? Yeah. What did it look like? Brown. Okay. That's not good. Yeah. yeah. You need more water to do. Have you pooed in the last two days? No. You're like, okay. Well, you need to do like yeah. all this stuff. And so I get on the satellite phone, and we have a satellite phone. It's like $17 a minute. <laughs> and so whenever you call it, it's either like someone is either dying or someone is about to die. Yeah. That's the only time you call. You never call about someone being homesick. Right. So I'm on the phone with my leader. He picks it, or the, the head of the, the, the thing, the head of the, the company. Yeah. And he goes, what's wrong? What's wrong? I go, sorry, we have so-and-so. He's, he's just not wanting to move. He goes what the hell are you calling me for, Ross? Get up the hill and get going. And I go, click. And I'm like, all right, that was $21. And then so, <laughs> and so I I go, listen, I just talked to so-and-so. 
he wants you to go. He's saying, you can't go. You know what? He goes, no, I'm not going. And so anyway, it goes back and forth like this for two hours. Back on the satellite phone. Did the, he's on the phone with the kid on the satellite phone for like 25 minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. So talking. And then he has to call his parents. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm feeling sick. He starts making up all these excuses about being sick. Uh, I, I know that because I, I used to teach uh, swimming and shit. Like, oh, yeah. Coach, uh, youth sports. And the kids, like, when they don't want to do something, you're like, you got it. They're like, all of a sudden, their knees start to hurt. You right. Know, all of a sudden, a diarrhea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my vision's blurry. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I have to hike this kid alone down the mountain while the other kids are waiting up top. Oh, my God. And so he ruins the whole day. He ruins the itinerary for the whole trip. So we can't even do the meadows. We can't even camp in the meadows. We were talking about helivacking out, which is at least $30,000 to helivac someone out. Uh, insurance doesn't cover that. So you have to pay for all this stuff. So I have to drive him back to the, the little, uh, you know, Jackson Hole Airport two hours while the other kids are waiting for me. Jesus. As soon as he finds out that he's going home, he's like feeling better, like a peppy. I'm like, oh, you son, like you little, you did it, you did it. And I told him that too. I was like, you did it, you, you did won. it, you did it. You get to go. Home. And he goes, well, I, th- I think I could have done it. And I go, no, no. Uh-huh. See, and you know what? And I said, you know what? You're never gonna be able to do it. And I just kept driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fuck, dude. Yeah. I, I get that. I get hating something. But like when a second you're ruining other people's time. Is that's like, the thing yeah, that got yeah. me. Right. I Like I'm not a fucking I'm not a wallflower, but I'll like roll with like, you know, when five people want to go eat at one place, even if I hate it. I'm like, yeah, I'll go. I'm not going to fucking slow anything down. Right. Yeah. yeah and and too, if people want to go karaoke, I'll, I'll show up. Right. I'll go. Yeah, I'm, not gonna be, yeah. I'm not going to be thrilled about it. I hate it. that place. <laughs> right. Yeah. I do like if when my brothers are like, we're going to a club tonight. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's the shit I don't do as a married man who is in his mid thirties. Like, right. Don't need to Unless go to Unless Eli Manning's club. there. Yeah. I'm oh, not yeah. showing up. Yeah. And then I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to slap him in his fucking pouty ass mouth. You spend too much time golfing. Get whatever your fucking brother has injected oh. into your neck and kill us. <laughs> kill it this last season. I will say, yeah, well, who knows? But Peyton's forehead did get bigger over the years. That is the side-by-side of... <sighs> guys, if you don't know what we're talking about, just Google Peyton Manning forehead and look at a side-by-side mm-hmm. of his rookie year and his current year. His head is truly longer. Like, it's like... And it's not It's not a hairline it's thing. It's not a hairline thing. It's not. No. It's really hard to understand. And it's like... Maybe whatever stem cell shit he was doing, or whatever kind of growth, uh, like stuff you can't, you, stuff you can hide that he was doing, yeah. or it's a decade of wearing a helmet and taking hits that like fucks up right. your head or s- something. Like to give him the benefit of the doubt, yeah. But I feel like it's like side effects it's of all something. the stuff he's been sneaking yeah. to be top of his game into well, so his forty. He has a soft body. Have you seen like shirtless pictures of him? Yeah. Not that I'm like late at night looking at these, but yeah, like- guys. Oh, if you're listening, also Google <laughs> Peyton Manning shirtless. <laughs> But like it wasn't he wasn't jacked. He had right. like he had like a fifteen year old like right. body. He was like, just he was one of those like, kids who's like just naturally athletic. Yeah, and like, had, oh, a, had a, like a rifle for an arm. Yeah, uh, uh, Google Peyton Manning shirtless <laughs> and Peyton Manning forehead, two separate. Oh, that reminds me of. Remember the movie Rookie of the Year? Obviously, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Barry Bonds is in that as uh, like as himself. Yep, and his head. Is one third the size it was by the time he got like bagged for steroids. Like his head, like it's amazing. I recommend looking up Rookie of the Year and just seeing Barry Bonds. Like, oh no, Barry Bonds is up and Rowan Gardner's pitching against him, and he looks like a normal little dude. Right. And then when you see like later pictures of him, his head is enormous. <laughs> 
He's got that fucking test head, that HGH <laughs> dome. That shit that makes you go crow magno. Like it, it hits your testosterone so high that you're fucking devolve. <laughs> I can't I can't imagine. I can't you gotta get on that shit. You there... gotta get on human growth hormone. <laughs> I don't, we gotta I'm get you up as it is. My we've uh, we my mom smoked during my pregnancy, like her pregnancy with me, uh-huh. and I was like, Joanne, I could have been a fucking D end <laughs> if you would have just not smoked. Here's a, oh, speaking of that, my my not my friends, but like people, I'll go to restaurants or I'll be at like places, and people come up to me and be like, Oh, how tall are you? Um, and this tall. Oh, dude, if I was your size, dude, I'd be a pro athlete. Yeah. I go, really? Yeah. You would be a pro athlete. You know you'd have enough drive, and you. What do you do now? How do you know that yeah. <laughs> that you'd have enough yeah. drive? And like, <laughs> being six eight doesn't make you good at no. anything by design. No. You know what I mean? Like, if anything, if you're mediocre at something, people hate you more. Yeah. Oh, being the big kid that sucked at basketball, which is what I kind of was, was awful. You yeah. Know, like I would just get like worked. Yeah. I also when I was like in eighth grade, I wrestled at one forty two. I'm like thirteen years old and weighed one hundred and forty. <laughs> That's my story. Yeah. Yeah. And then the only other kids who weighed 140 pounds were the kids who developed early. Yeah. So I would be like wrestling as like this little dumpy kid and all the other would be like this kid Frank Patrizio. Uh, sorry if you're like there he uh, is. if you're a sketch ball now or whatever. <laughs> but he'd just walk in and he's like I'm your weight class and I'm like I'm gonna die. This guy has pecs. Right. We're 15. Why does he have pecs? Right. Yeah. And those 7th and 8th graders have like veiny arms yeah. and like defined like I just never got When this. did you get really tall? When, did it happen early? I got this height or when you're talking like when I'm height, the height now, or like when yeah, I was, like I was when would you have your, you were always taller. Always taller. There was there was like two girls that were always taller than me, and they they were like I'm sure they were five nine, yeah. but I I passed them in like fifth grade, in between fifth and sixth grade, <laughs> and then in between my sophomore and freshman year of high school, that's when like I grew considerably. Oh, that's all. Yeah. yeah, I was like five eleven my senior year of high school, and then by the end of my freshman year of college, I was six one and a half. Wow, I grew like. And it was funny because my dad said my dad was six five, and he was like, "I was six three until I was uh, six two until I was eighteen, and then I hit a growth spurt at that age." Yeah, and then I was like, being like a five, I was like, "I hope I." And then I got in super good shape like that senior year because I was going to be a, a lifeguard. Yeah. And then I grew two inches, and I was like, "I'm a fucking hero." Here we go. It's all uphill from here. It's all downhill from here. And then I just literally, I am now 300 pounds. Like my knees hurt. I pulled my back out trying to plant something at my father-in-law's oh, no. house. Yeah. Oh no! They're like, "Come on, big guy, grab this." I'm like, "Of course." Oh, and I'm like, geez. "Crank!" Oh fuck! Oh fuck! The big guy. You get big guy a lot, don't you? I get I've that. been called big guy by every single bouncer I've ever met in my entire life. Yep. Big man. Yep. They, big it's man. almost like they're clocking you. Like, hey, are you trouble? And I'm like, nope. Big gay theater guy. Don't worry. <laughs> they're like, oh, all right, keep going. <laughs> and that. And the other thing I got being, we could have just. I think two we should, episodes. There's, there's been just, a big guy episode. <laughs> yeah. um, the other thing I get is when we were in college, um, like if anyone like was drunk and looking for a fight. They would look over and it would be the giant guy in a Hawaiian shirt making four girls laugh. Yeah. And that they would be like, fuck that too. And I would be like targeted like a me or if me if my group of friends and I were all hanging out and some guys that we had beef with, it would be like fuck him like he's like a target and they're like let's and like also I can kind of handle myself in a fight but not like not relative to my size like I'm not right. like able to really work people so I was like oh god I gotta fight and I'm like please but al- no also I think I mean you, you, I'm sure I'm sure you're 
you're talking yourself down, but I'm sure you can handle yourself in the fight. But also, you could talk your way out of I, that's whatever. What so you're just life, like, yeah. hey, bud, we can dance around all we want, but listen, all these people are watching. What are you going to do? And then they get in their head, and then they're done. I'm not sure if I told this story on the podcast, but I'll just run you through it real quick because it's like exactly that. I was yeah. walking from a mod rehearsal at UCB Franklin going to Gelson's, crossing that uh, Bronson there. And a runner, we're about to, we're waiting to cross, and a guy jogging with headphones in is gonna make the the light just turns green. He just gets the little blue man, so he sprints past us. But another guy is trying to beat a red light in a pickup truck, and he comes flying through the intersection. He slams on the brakes, and he goes, "What the fuck?" And the guy just keeps running. He doesn't hear him. And I go, "He actually had the blue man, so like you know, it's not." And the guy goes, "So I see him screaming, and I see him drive slowly as we're crossing the Gelsons, and then he sees us, and like." pulls into Gelson's and he's like this like sunburnt blonde haired dude in a red pickup truck. I'm like, this is fucking guy is going to kick my ass. And he gets out of the car. He's like, what'd you say to me? You fat fuck. What the fuck are you talking? And he's like, and I'm with two of my friends who are like a woman. And, uh, I think Brad is comfortable with me telling like a tall, scrawny gay guy who are like, we're comedy writers. (laughs) And this guy's screaming at me and I'm like, Hey man, two things. You were wrong. That guy we had the right of way. Second thing. I am a fat fuck. And he just kind (laughs) of, and he kind of like was like, wait, what? And kind of softened. And he was like, yeah, uh, I mean, I'm a little overweight too. And like, and he just like got his truck and he was like, I'm sorry, man. And like drove away. And I was like, he just was so worked up in that moment. And I just took the idea to be like, let me see if I could pop this little balloon here. And it like worked out in my favor. I was like, oh, thank. And then the the guys I was with were like, that was legendary. And I was like, oh, (laughs) it was mostly just a major pussy move. I'll get in trouble if I say pussy move because my wife says a pussy is a super strong muscle. So you can't like, so she now says when someone's not going through a red light, she goes, what are you, a dick? Instead of like a pussy. Like my wife has a raunchy mouth. I like that. I like like that. that. She says a dick is so vulnerable. A pussy is. Is impossibly strong. <laughs> it's true. It's valid for it. Like the, the, to say, yeah, like oh, a fucking dick. It's like no, that is like the softest, most de- uh, like delicate part of your body. Right. A vagina can grow to the size of a child <laughs> and put it uh, an infant and put it out there. Man, God, vaginas, man, huh? More power to them. <laughs> that should have been the top. Woo! In the studio with me is Ross, and we're talking pussies <laughs> just for an hour. Glad to be here, John. <laughs> Uh, I got two straight white males here to talk about vaginas. <laughs> buckle in for three hours. <laughs> yeah, wait, yeah. Six parter. <laughs> uh, I will say, yeah, t- I think just being, you know, being an improviser and being a comedian and also being a big guy, it helps in those situations yeah. where people do like, what are you, an idiot? I was like, this happened. <laughs> I bumped into someone and he was drunk, of course. And I knew he was drunk. And that always helps when they're drunk. And also, I think being six, seven helps. Yeah. Oh, what are you, an idiot? I go, yeah, I am. And I bring my wallet out. I'm like, I think this is a pencil. <laughs> and they're like, what? I go, have a good night. And I just keep walking. And they're and like, it's like fucking uh, Jedi mind trick. They're Absolutely. Like- <laughs> Shuts them up. Uh, I love it. <laughs> Um, all right, Ross. Well, this is, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll land this little fucking biplane here, right yeah, in the well, middle of the Grand Teton. I bah. love it, baby. Um, where can uh, where can people find you? Do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, uh, people can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter, me Ross Kimball, and then uh, <laughs> me Ross me, Kimball. Me, Ross yeah. Kimball. And then I have an outdoor account. I, I when I when I travel, when I do wilderness stuff. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, it's called Ross's Outside. Oh, that's so awesome! Ross is gonna, outside. Yeah, so I'm there you go. All that—that's fucking dope. So it's dude. cool. Um, I, I, you know, it's tough. Um, 
uh, I had to like bite the bullet like a few years ago and just be like, ah, I'm trying to do this thing. And like, you try to like promote yourself yeah. and like, Oh, being humble. It's like, it's a, I'm like, I'm trying to do this thing. So I'm just going to say I, these things. It's tough. I had to, I had to cross that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And there's still things that I know would benefit me. And I, it's still a bridge too far for yeah. me. Like I still don't do things like I get invited to like, come see the premiere of this new comedy central show. I'm like, uh, no. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, Oh, I think I have to go to those and like shake hands and be like, I'm cool. And take that photo booth picture that everyone posts on Instagram. Sure. sure. Like, yeah. Or like if you have like a bit part or something thrown up on Instagram, but anyway, I'm yeah. not past it. This is what I'm doing. So uh, you can yeah. follow me there. And then, um, and this is a podcast and like, you're not getting paid for it. I'm no. barely getting paid for it. So you might as well <laughs> get a little might something well. out of it. Yeah. Um, if if you have a Netflix account, uh, I'm in masterminds and mascots. Oh, awesome. um, so yeah, I'm in those things. And then uh, if you want to go like deep into Netflix, I'm on uh, Chicago med for a few episodes. Oh yeah. <laughs> when I was back in Chicago <laughs> oh, for that's a little awesome. bit. Um, that's the shit I want to be doing. Like my agent is like trying to get you. I'm like, no dude, I want to play a fucking, uh, heavy in an episode of CSI. Yep. And they're like, but that's such an insane. I'm like, I don't work enough. And that's like, yep. fuck it. I want to do cool shit. I want to have a gun in something. I want to, I want to work three days. I want a child missing and I want to hold a gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the child missing has to be something that's happening actually out of the show yep. in real life. <laughs> Cause that's just what gets me. Take acting. my child away. Don't tell me where she is or where he is. <laughs> Yeah, I want a child missing. I want to be my child so I can yeah. really get into character. Right. Um, but yeah, that's about it. And uh, yeah, just get outside. I mean, and if you live in California, there's no yeah. excuse. Like, you should do weekend trips all the time. I would that's love great. it if you, your big plug was the outdoors. The out and just get outside. Open guys. your door and just get out get of the outside, fucking get some house. Fresh air. Open these windows yeah, up. Yeah, Jeez. Jesus Christ, it's hot as fuck in here. There's a lot of meat in this room currently. Also, I am cooking hibachi style. Yeah. Bunch of Korean steaks here. Very true. I should have put my hand here. Yeah. You got a third degree burn it's on really here. really hot here. Yeah, it's the canola oil just fucking burning. Um, as always, I'm at John Gabriel on Twitter no H's um, uh, buy yourself a t-shirt at gabers.com uh, slash shirts and the newest piece of news is that me Rogers and Stanger are spinning off Action Boys to be a Patreon so go to Patreon or Patreon.com slash Action Boys with a Z if you want to sign up it's $5 a month and we're going to be doing weekly action movie reviews if you've listened to the other episodes you kind of know what it's going to be it's going to be uh, accidentally misogynistic accidentally homoerotic all the good stuff action boys and i think we have a twitter and a instagram now and that's action boys pod so on both so check it out um and i think that's everything i don't have anything oh and uh June 30th in some theaters and then possibly on demand shortly after. I'm in a film called The Little Hours. I play one of Nick Offerman's guards and it's a period piece so I get to have a spear. I that was like a huge highlight. Very, very excited about that, man. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, That's that awesome. Was, that was like one of my favorite things I've ever shot. We got to go to Tuscany, Italy and me and a good friend, Adam Pally, played Nick Offerman's guards. Jeez. And it was just like doing... So you have a spear so when does it take place? Um, it's and like medieval. Uh, uh, it's like Middle Ages. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not in Italian, and we don't speak in old language or anything like that. It's a really interesting movie. Oh, dude, I'm and excited. it's kind of sexy. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's like Allison Brie, Aubrey Plaza, Kate Micucci, Jemima Kirk, like all, and they're like, it's, and Dave Franco. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it's sexual. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get Dave Franco over there without trying to get a rub, <laughs> get a quick rub in. That's great. Oh, uh, can I say one thing? Yeah, yeah. This, so I'm from Chicago. I improvised there for quite a while, and I'm trying to get into the L.A. scene. So if you are doing shows or if you need anyone to, like, sit in for an improv yeah. show or anything like that, just let me know. If Yeah, if you yeah, have, like, out. if there's, like, a bit show that's improv slash, like, volleyball. Yeah, or, like, character <laughs> show or whatever. <laughs> Call your boy. <laughs> your boy. Call uh, at me, Ross Kimball. Um, Ross, thank 
thanks so much for coming on, buddy. Oh man, I really, really thank, really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, we we met via internet after you were on Doughboys, and uh-huh. I thought you were so funny. We had so much in common, and then we ran into each other at a grocery store, and you did the cool adult thing of just going, "Hey, John, right." I'm Ross. We, and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, of course you are. You're a giant. <laughs> uh, you, you had 12 gallons of whole milk with yeah. you. And you were like, I was holding them. I didn't have a cart. I was just holding them. <laughs> In one hand. Yeah. Like a fucking six pack. Which is like 25 pounds of whole milk. Um, and I was like, I'm so happy you did. Uh, another friend of mine actually did that to me too. And he's a giant too. Aaron Covington, the writer of Creed. Oh, okay. Uh, we just ran into each other at Comic-Con. He's like, hey. It's me, Aaron. We're friends on... And I'm like, holy shit. And it's so adult to do that. Yes. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I think think you need to do that. Especially if you're a fan of someone or if you're just like, oh, that person does what I do and I appreciate them just going up, hey, I'm so-and-so, I'm so... Just want to let you know. Right. Like, I'm a fan (laughs) and I'll let you go about your day. Yeah. And we were already talking about being on the podcast at that point. So it was like, thank God we met in person. That was such a fucking little uh, happy accident. I love it, man. All right. Goodbye, shitheads. That was a HeadGum Podcast.